This is your host, Taylor Troll. What a day it is here in the Red Sea Radio Studios. Jeez Louise, it is so nasty here today. It has been pouring down, raining most of the day. I got to the studio about an hour and a half ago. I am still completely drenched from having to run from the back of the parking lot all the way inside in an absolute torrential downpour. And to be fair, I don't know what the word torrential means, but everybody always says it right before the word downpour whenever there's a lot of rain. So I am sticking with it. So I would say I'm drenched, but the, some of the kids would say moist. So welcome to all of our listeners, young and old, on the radio, on podcast. Welcome in. As always, I am here with our lovely producer, Producer Sam. How are you today? Uh-huh. Uh-huh, great. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Producer Sam actually isn't here. It makes me very sad. I miss Producer Sam. I'm happy for Producer Sam because she is in the Holy Land. Like, she is going to pray and walk where Jesus walked. I'm very happy for her, but I am all alone. And I have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Chris Bartlett gave me the idea to talk to Sam while she's unresponsive. And what, she, what he envisioned was that in the conversation where you didn't hear Sam, instead of being confused like that we made a technical problem, of course we didn't make a technical problem. I'm producing. Um, but if anything does go wrong, I can't blame producer Sam today. I'm going to blame J.P. Quinn, who is at his house, I believe. But he did say in his suggestion for the show today, that I should just blame him for everything. So if anything goes wrong, it's his fault. Uh, 90% his fault, 10% producer Sam's. If anything goes well, it's completely because of me. (laughs) But actually, that can't be true at all. Because here's what I did. I knew that producer Sam wasn't going to be here. And I know that I have struggled in the past when producer Sam isn't here. So what I did today was I crowdsourced today's show. I put out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook a request for people to give me topics or questions to talk about on today's show. So that's what we are going to be doing today. We also have a great guest on. She's not going to be in the studio, so I will be alone the entire time. But our good friend from Twitter and TeaWithTolkien.com, Mrs. Tolkien herself, Mrs. T with Tolkien, whose name is Caitlin, and I just learned that very recently, she's going to be joining us on the show in the second segment. But what we are doing for today's show is everything you suggested. We're going to turn this just nasty day, essentially like God knew that I was going to be alone today and all of the rain was just God crying because I'm by myself. Um, he's crying for me. Like he, he hurts for me that I'm alone. But he also hurts for you, the listener, because he knows that just like the church, we are better together. Where two or three are gathered, there Jesus is. Well, there's only one of me today, so I don't know where that leaves us theologically. But you can figure it out. I'm sure God is still here because he said he would be, but that scripture has always been confusing for me whenever I'm by myself. So I'm all alone. 
But I have the help of so many of you listeners. Thank you so much for all of you who uh, were a part of the Twitter storm on Twitter and who answered and gave suggestions on Facebook and Instagram as well. As always, you can follow me, Twitter and Instagram, at Taylor Schroll, S-C-H-R-O-L-L, or also on Twitter, at Forte Catholic, or Facebook, at Forte Catholic. Join in the fun to be uh, a part of the show before the show to help get your name on the show and, you know, just to make my job a little bit easier. So I also want to make an announcement today. I, overweight and out of shape Taylor Schroll, will be starting CrossFit tomorrow. So if I don't show up next week, it's because I'm dead. So this show might end up being my magnum opus. I'm all alone. I have your help. Some of these suggestions I got are absolutely insane. <laughs> they're, they're crazy. We're going to have fun today. Uh, so if I die, it's JP's fault. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't blame that one on him because it's not technical. But I'm starting CrossFit because here's here's the deal. I've been... I've been uh, a theme that keeps coming up, like God's been kind of like tapping me on the shoulder with it, is like this whole thing of good intentions. Like there's that saying that, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. People can argue about who said it. I don't care. The idea is a good, is a good idea. <clears throat> so I feel like I have a lot of good intentions. Like, hey, I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to go to confession once a month. And then like sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. I'm going to lose weight. And then we have the situation that I had with my doctor over the last couple of months. I went to my doctor. I had lost eight pounds. He was very proud of me. He said, I'm not going to give you any more medicine. Just keep losing weight and your health, all your health issues will start to improve. I went back a month, month and a half later for my checkup. I had regained that eight pounds and two additional. And he essentially looked at me. I paid this man, by the way. I paid the doctor to tell me, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why did you get tubby again? That's that's pretty much our conversation. He said, do whatever you're doing beforehand. So I wasn't doing anything. I needed community to do it. So our good friend AJ Barrows may or may not be doing this with me. <laughs> we started talking about doing it together, but I am joining a Christian CrossFit here in Bryan College Station because I really I really need the community. Like I have shared before, mostly for my pride, that I used to be very good at sports. Not anymore, but I used to be, you know, pretty decent. In high school, I played all the sports except for soccer because the only, the only goal I ever scored in soccer was on my own team. That's not very good. Your coach typically doesn't like that. I ran track in college, used to be very athletic, and now I look like I look. But I realized about myself a while ago that all the times that I worked out, for the most part, like all growing up, all through high school, in college, I was with other people. I constantly was surrounded by friends or a team, or, and there was coaches yelling at me and encouraging me, and I don't have that anymore. So I, that's the main reason that I'm joining CrossFit, is because I need this community to egg me on, to uh, you know have some accountability with. It's like, hey, we hadn't seen you in in three weeks, like I have to pay for it. So I probably will go if I'm paying for something. So guys, I'm trying to better myself as a person. So I'll keep you updated on how CrossFit's going. 
unless, again, I die. So here's what we have to do now. I have to let you know something that happened between um, some myself and some frenemies. Our frenemies over at the Roman Circus podcast, we had a competition over the last, I don't know, month, maybe two, on a race between my Twitter account and their their Twitter account of who can get to a thousand followers first. So this has been going on like we both started around eight fifty, and then we both would climb up, and like I'd take the lead, they'd take the lead, that sort of thing. So over the course of this last week, I, I just want to kind of update you on how it happened. And since producer Sam isn't here today, I had to enlist the help of the second best producer in all of Catholic podcast land, who this week, since Sam abdicated her responsibilities, is this week and this week only the greatest podcast editor and producer in all the land, Mr. Papa Sharapa, Nick Sharapa from Clerically Speaking. He's going to help me out with this announcement that I have. So if you recall, we had his brother on the show a couple of times, Father Anthony Sharapa, and he made two episodes of a podcast back in the day, a few a few months ago, and then like a few months before that was the first one. There's only two, but it is so much fun. I got that clip from producer Nick, and I made a few changes to it. So uh, just to let you know how it went between me and the Roman Circus guys, I'm just going to let Father Anthony, with a few edits, go ahead and tell you what happened beware if there are small children or pets in your car you might want to turn it down for just a second the winner is it's me yes it's taylor Schroll, baby take that matt baker i win king of catholic Zach Mabry! If that is your real name, I win! You want it! You got it! I'm king! You better believe it! You can't even understand how amazing this moment is! Soak it in! It's your gift! I give it to you! Praise me, Jesus Christ! The true king! He is risen! Everybody rejoice with me! Sing hallelujah! Scream at your phones! Retweet, like, subscribe, donate to my Patreon. You love it. You need it. You want more of it. <laughs> In all of that amazingness from the flu by Father Anthony and his brother, Nick Sharapa, I think my favorite part is the pained laughing at the end where somebody's like coughing. Oh, man. Roman Circus, guys, I did it. I win. I win. I'm not the king of Catholic Twitter, but I beat you to something. And that makes me <laughs> very happy. I We talked about the community uh, at CrossFit, community with sports. Like, we need the community in the church. And that's absolutely what Twitter has been for me. I think it might be my second favorite Catholic community. <laughs> like, I love the community that I have at work uh, at Ablaze Ministries. I love our community. Second favorite, and pretty close, is my community on Catholic Twitter. It 
is so much fun. So we are going to keep this fun going. And ironically enough, on a pretty, pretty good segue here, because that was Father Anthony on the flu. And this next segment is all brought to you by Father Anthony. And by brought to you by Father Anthony, I mean he has no idea what's about to happen, but me and his brother do. So I am very excited for my response to Father Anthony Serapa. When I I, uh, tweeted out today asking for ideas for today's show, he just said, just read some of my tweets on the air. And instantly I had this idea uh, to do everyone's favorite segment in Catholic podcast land. It just doesn't have to happen to be mine, but I now have it just for this week for this very special occasion. So without further ado, the most popular segment in all of Catholic podcasting. Summa Tweetologica Summa Tweetologica Summa Tweetologica Summa Tweetologica We talk about the Logica, of course, is from Clerically Speaking, Clerical Pod on Twitter, one of my favorite podcasts in all of the land. What they do in this segment, they being Father Anthony and Father Harrison, they look at all the greatest tweets over the last week, their favorite tweets over the last week in all of Catholic Twitter. So when Father Anthony said, just read my tweets on the air, I was like, you know what, buddy? You said that sarcastically, but I'm going to do just that. So what we are going to do here is I'm going to read some of Father Anthony's tweets over the last week, and I'm going to grade them. I'm going to give them a grade. Was this fantastic? Was this terrible? Or so mediocre that we're just going to have to move on. So the first one, he said, I have noticed that if someone refers to me as father in the first four words of a tweet, there is an there is an 85. I, I always, I never know how to do that. Like if you write 85, like the numbers eight, five, do you say an or a, like, obviously if you wrote it out, it'd be a. like, this is all me talking. Is it, there is an 80. That's just so awkward. There is an 85% chance. They're about to be a jerk. For instance, actually father with respect father. So I don't think this happens just on Twitter. So first of all, don't do that to priests on Twitter. Uh, I think also this happens like in real life because Twitter isn't real. It's all uh, fake news. Uh, in real life, it's like, oh, father. <laughs> well, yeah, so th- I'll give that tweet a solid eight. That's a good one. Um, let's go the other way. He tweeted out earlier today or maybe yesterday. It's chicken nugget time. That's it. It's chicken nugget time. Thank you, Father, for leading us spiritually. You are just such a great man. Like, I just love that tweet so much that I'm going to give it a solid one on a scale of one to ten. Oh, man, that was painful. All right, like we got a couple more. Uh, number number three, it's supposed to be fall. I, I think you meant supposed. 
it's supposed to be fall, so I'm going to keep wearing hoodies until it's cold outside. Uh, that's not how the force works. Like, if Han Solo were here, he would tell you that. Like, wearing hoodies when it's hot is just crazy. So... Take the hoodie off until it's cold. Like in in uh, in priest formation, they talk about some human formation. Now I can't give you Father Anthony or or many people some like great spiritual uh, formation or or great intellectual formation. Like Lord knows, I'm not holy enough or uh, a good enough person to 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 help a priest get better at that. But the human formation, I can help. Take the hoodie off. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the grade for that one's pretty obvious. All right. Now (laughs) we get into the tweet that's probably going to divide people on whether it was good or bad. (laughs) He got into this, uh, ordeal the other day where he posted a fairly popular thing that people are doing on social media. It's a picture. It's all it was. It says for every, like I will post an image from my camera roll with no explanation. And like typically on this, on this, uh, you know, on these kinds of tweets, these kind of posts, people will like it, and and that's what you do. You follow the exact instructions. Father Anthony thought it would be funny to reply with the same meme of a priest saying, "LOL, no." Like that's a funny idea, right? And essentially, he was making fun of of us or making fun of people who do this and just kind of having some fun. Well, I'm pretty sure that at some point the fun ended. This tweet got so popular, like people were just liking it all over the place. You scroll through his Twitter feed and it's just hundreds of LOL no's. <laughs> so he set out to mess with people and it ended up backfiring. It was so much fun. So I'm going to give that tweet a 10. I don't know about the rest of you, but that's what I'm doing. Also, while we have Summa Tweetologica, like, in session, I just want to mention very very briefly, like, insanely briefly, a tweet that I sent this week because I will never get mentioned on Summa Tweetologica or anything else that's really cool. So I'm I'm just going to take this opportunity while I have it now to go ahead and talk about a poll that I ran on Twitter. It said, how would you take someone telling you, I hope you get martyred? Now think about it. I hope you get martyred. Would you take it as a diss? Like somebody essentially saying, I, I, I hope you get killed. Or as a compliment? Because like martyrdom, that leads to heaven. You're a great uh, ambassador for the faith. Like people look to you as a role model. And then the, the most popular answer that won was everybody's favorite gif. Why not both? (laughs) Like, I'm not quite sure how I would take it. So here's what we're doing, guys. (laughs) That that is the end of Summa Tweetologica. We will be right back for our second segment with uh, Twitter queen, Twitter mom, we're not sure, Mrs. T with Tolkien. We'll be right back. (laughs) 
Yo, I hope you are enjoying today's show. If you are enjoying the show, you can do something super easy. Take you 30 seconds to help me out uh, and help other people hear about the show. Uh, head on over to iTunes, wherever you are listening to the podcast. Go give it a rating and uh, leave your review. It would be fantastic. Help more people to find the show. I would really, really appreciate it. Help me help you help someone else make Catholicism fun again in their life. everybody welcome back to everyone's favorite segment of the show the one where i'm not the only person talking today's guest i'm very excited to have on it happened rather quickly um until very recently i didn't even know her real name mrs at tea with tolkien from twitter is on the line with me right now mrs tolkien how are you Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> so we have to give people a little bit of a backstory to how we met. Um, when we met, we began as co-nemesis, or is it co-nemesi? Do you know? What's the I, word? I think it's co-nemesis, right? Co-nemesis. See, n- I just bring stuff up that's not even real answers, and you correct me, <laughs> because you are everyone's Catholic Twitter queen or mother? Do you prefer those or queen mother? What do you prefer to be uh, known I, as? I guess queen mother sounds good to me. Queen but, uh... mother. Well, <laughs> well, we have the Catholic Twitter queen mother here. Uh, we started as co nemeses of uh, one Father Sharapa, or and and uh, I, I really don't remember completely all the details, but I remember that we're not supposed to like each other or something. Do you recall any of this? No. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know how it happened, but I think, like, how did you become his nemesis? I think it was um, back in the spring when uh, Tommy Ty put us, uh, he made the, um, what was it called? Like the Catholic Hipster Mom of the Year Award. Oh. And I was in the running for one of them. And me and all the other moms nominated were just being really, really nice to each other. We were like, oh, I hope you win. No, I hope you win. And then Father Anthony was just bugging us a lot. And uh, I think that's how I met him. He started <laughs> bothering me. <laughs> so so then I met him and started bothering him. And then I think he started saying that now I was co-nemesis. So then, like, we hadn't even met yet. And he was pitting us against each other. So Yeah, I think that's how I, like, got to know who you were, yes. Yeah, so thanks, thanks, Father Anthony. So now, <laughs> now we've become like half friends, half rivals. Like we're moving towards something good. I think, I think uh, <laughs> this interview, this conversation, uh, might tip it either way. I think at the end of this, we're going to have to decide if we're going to move forward as friends or move forward <laughs> as nemeses. Is that a, a well, fair I, deal for you? Yeah, I don't play Fortnite though, so I feel like you would have an advantage. Uh, this is real life. I'm not sure if, uh, if you noticed, but yeah, I'm not good at real life or Fortnite. Uh, he can let you, he can let you know on both of those fronts. So it really is a pleasure to have you on. Uh, thank you for having taken time out of your mothering to talk with me. Uh, that, that took a while to, to kind of get some times down because you're a very, very busy woman with more important things to do than talk to me. So thanks for taking the time out. <laughs> So uh, you also texted me right before we came on, and you are very on brand because you're you're known as T with Tolkien, and the last thing you texted me was 
<laughs> I said I was making my tea. <laughs> that you were making your tea. So uh, this is the ever popular segment from our friends at the Catholic Coaster. What is on your coaster? And that is just a little bit of tea because, <laughs> of course, it is. Um, and what's funny is a lot of people will like fake. Like you, I 100% believe that you actually have tea <laughs> in front of no, me right yep. now as we talk. I do. I'm hiding in my car because I can't uh, podcast in the house. So I'm just in my car drinking tea. So are you essentially you're hiding from your responsibilities? Well, my husband's there. <laughs> He's watching. <them. laughs> <laughs> Who are you hiding more from your husband or the kids? I'm hiding from all the noise. All the noise. There you go. <laughs> um, so here's the deal. I actually know very little about you. I mentioned at the top, I didn't even know your real name, <laughs> Caitlin, <laughs> until the Roman Circus podcast. So what this means is my head is that you are a true celebrity. You know how like we hear all these celebrity names and then we realize that their first name <laughs> is like actually Tyrone or something? It's like that's, that's the feeling that I had with you. So how did you go- become so stinking popular while also like faking your name? It's... <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I just kind of started doing my stuff and then people started liking it, I guess. You gave a, a really interesting insight into into your uh, popularity or lack thereof in the past. You You shared with the world, I'm not sure why you did this, your old Twitter <laughs> handle this week. And it oh, has yeah. like eight <laughs> followers, and now you have like over five thousand on your tea with Duncan one. So like you just like gave up on like the real you and became Mrs. Tolkien. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was my one that I did like put pictures of my kids and stuff. So oh, gotcha. I, yeah, I have a mission with this one, so I feel like I have a. I don't know. It's a little, a little bit more curated, maybe. Okay, so we're gonna we'll get into the mission here in just a second. I just have two okay. more questions just to kind of get to know you. So, because you are so uh, mysterious, are you in the CIA? Uh, I couldn't tell you if I was. Have you ever been in any government agency? Like in the building? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you ever been in a government building? That's what I'm yes. asking. <laughs> See, (laughs) see, now the theorists can take that and say whatever they want. So my other, my other, uh, just kind of observation. And I want, I just want, you can be honest. I'm just going to poke a little bit. You can be honest. Okay. So you are T with Tolkien and I didn't realize it until today, how brilliant this is. And you can tell me if I'm wrong on this. I see that you and I are doing something similar. I ride on the coattails of actually popular people on Twitter and I see that you thought of this much earlier than I did by linking your popularity to one of the greatest authors ever. Like, that's just very well played. Very, very Thank well played. Was, was, that, was that part? So here's the real question. Was that part of your thought or did it really come from a true like infatuation with Tolkien and his work? Um, well, I mean, I didn't set out to become popular. And it's not just Twitter. Like, Tea with Tolkien is a whole deal i have a website and and like facebook groups and stuff i'm trying to build a community so um but yeah i mean i've really liked tolkien for like i don't know 15 years um but it was just about two years ago where i realized i how much i liked him and then i i i used to run this other mom blog that nobody read and 
it wasn't very good. And I would sometimes write about Tolkien stuff and nobody would read it. And so then I realized, why don't I just make a blog about Tolkien? And then if other people like him too, then they can read too. <laughs> so I don't think anybody needed to have this proven, but this last two minutes of the conversation just proves that you're a holy and sweet woman. And <laughs> I am just selfish and want people to to like me. <laughs> That's essentially what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's nice if they like me. That'd be great. <laughs> so you mentioned the mission and your love for Tolkien. So what is the mission of Tea with Tolkien? So basically my mission is to get people to read Tolkien because a lot of people don't know this, but Tolkien was a really devout Catholic. And so the way that he wrote, um, I think it it holds a lot of truths that, um, I don't know, like, just about Catholicism that you could read on paper things that are true. But then if you're reading them in a story, it um, teaches people a, a lot differently. So um, I don't know. I think if I can get people to read Tolkien, then maybe they can kind of come to find Christ on their own through that. Yeah. This Christ you speak of, I seem to remember <laughs> that he often taught through stories. It seems like a pretty brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah, and Tolkien didn't like it's he hated when people called his works allegories. So I'm definitely not doing that, but he also admitted well, he's that he's dead now. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> well, everyone always gets mad at me if I if they <laughs> that. Yeah, but he um he called the Lord of the Rings a fundamentally Catholic work. So I'm just out there showing people. <laughs> Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like in like inner Catholic baseball circles, like everybody's like, yeah, we have Tolkien, like he's one of us. But I feel like, it, like you said, it's not really common knowledge that he was super Catholic. So I, th I think it's cool that you're able to take some of these, some of these stories, some of these truths, some of these uh, big picture uh, topics that he tackled, and you are not only sharing about this, as you said on your Twitter and on TeaWithTolkien.com, but you wrote a book about it called To Middle Earth and Back. People can find it at Tea with Tolkien. That's I-E-N. I spelled it wrong. I, I just wanted to do a public confession with you. Because I feel like I don't have to confess that to a priest, but if, any, if I offended anyone, it was you. Because again, the real person's already uh, passed away. TeaWithTolkien.com slash book. People can find this. We're going to talk about this. Because um, why did you write To Middle Earth and Back? Well, it started out um, last year in my Facebook group. We were going to do a book club where everyone was going to read through The Lord of the Rings together. So in March of last year, we started with The Fellowship of the Ring, which is the first book out of the three. And um, while we were reading it, I thought it would be so nice if I put together some kind of companion to go with the book club. If you had like summaries and then like maybe discuss questions. So I started writing that and I wrote one for each book as we did the book club. And then once we finished, I just put it all together and edited it a little bit and then um, wanted to release it as a book. Well, you did it. And here's here's the tagline. Like right when I when I saw it, I was I was uh, stalking you on your website as I stalk all of my guests. And it says that uh, the companion journal and devotional, which is what it is, it helps is going to help me and all the readers, to grow in hobbitness and holiness as you reflect on major themes, quotes, and characters from, obviously, The Lord of the Rings. So I get the whole, like, I know how to grow in holiness. I often, and I'm, as in often, I mean 
always struggle to grow in holiness. I, I know what it means, though. What does it mean for me to grow in habitness? I'm very tall. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so it's obviously not about growing in hobbitness in size, but there are a lot of different attributes of hobbits that I think are really admirable, like their simplicity and their meekness, and their, um, they're very stout. So just, I don't know, they're just very admirable, and there's a lot of different ways that could do well to be like them. The one thing I have in common with them is that I'm very hairy. I know that that is a trait that runs through most of them. I'm glad for your sake that it doesn't run through our entire species as it does theirs, because that would not be fun. So yeah. <laughs> this this workbook, workbook journal, wow, workbook <laughs> journal, that was very difficult. I need to do my uh, Anchorman vocal exercises. I think I'm going to use that for the next segment. Uh, it ex- <laughs> explores Tolkien's Catholic faith. And the influence it had on his writing. So what it, it, what is the connection? Like you talked about it earlier. It's like it's not an allegory, but he's talking about some of these Catholic things. How did his Catholic faith influence his writing of these books? Well, you can just tell when you're reading Tolkien, like how thoroughly steeped in Catholicism he was. Because his mom actually converted to Catholicism when he was young, like nine or ten. And then she passed away a couple years later. And he and his brother were actually raised by a priest that his mom had kind of been close with. And so he did like daily mass all the time. And the priest, like you aren't priests can't like officially raise you. So he was technically raised by his aunt, but um, anyways, uh, he just was super brought up in the faith and Nick just shows when you're reading what he's written just the different themes and especially like the themes of like friendship and mortality. So we, that's fantastic. But I, I do, I have this question in my head that I can't get out of my head. That, <laughs> okay. It has nothing to do with what you were just talking about. It has nothing to do with faith. It's a Tolkien question in and of itself. Uh, the setup question for that is, have you ever watched how it should have ended? Do you know what that is on YouTube? Is that the one where it says that the eagle should have carried the hobbits? Yes, yeah, that's my question. So, <laughs> so the eagles come in and and save everybody. It's just like this this book that's like over a thousand pages. These three movies that are all three hours long a piece. It could have been over in about four minutes. Like Gandalf meets Hobbit. He gives Hobbit ring, or Hobbit has ring, right? And Eagles show up because Gandalf apparently talks to them and controls them somehow. And they could have just flown over Mordor and dropped the ring in and it would have been over. Like that seems like a very good plan. Why did no. they do that? That's ridiculous. Well, did you see, did you watch the movies? I did. How, did you remember the flying creatures that the Nazgul ride on? Oh, see, I didn't think of this. I'm not a I, so to be completely honest, I've seen all the all three of the movies twice. Once every time they came out in theaters, and then one day in college when I was sick, I stayed home all day, <laughs> so I used my entire day to watch those three movies because they take forever. <laughs> um, so I don't remember all the details, but that's a good one. The the what the little dragon type thing that the Nazgul's ride. Yeah, they're just like the beasts. I, I don't remember if they have an actual name. But yeah, I mean, if there was an eagle flying over, they would have so obviously seen the eagle and just like, you know, gotten it. 
Gotcha. So, but so so even even then, like the Eagles could have flown them right to Mordor, and then because like the whole thing is the hobbits are small and they're able to sneak in. So like he could have flown yeah. into like the gate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't really know how to answer that one. Uh, it would have made a really boring story. <laughs> That's the real answer. Like it, it would have been, it would have not have been uh, this great classic literature. It would not have sold very well. I'm guessing. But yeah. th- there you have it. I love those how it should have ended things. It essentially <laughs> takes apart everything that we love. Thanks. I love when people come at me with that one and they're like, I bet you never thought of this. <laughs> no, I kind of figured you get asked it almost every time a <laughs> dummy like me is talking to you. So, <laughs> so uh, in the book, back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> to Middle Earth and Back, written by you, twithtolkien.com slash book. For every chapter of the Lord of the Rings, the, the workbook includes what? There is a little summary of each chapter, so it's kind of like a spark notes in case you missed something while I you're reading. I love spark notes. That's how I got through high school. Same. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's a summary, and then there's room for notes on the chapter, like if you're writing whatever happened. Um, and then there is a little reflection and some discussion or journal questions, and then there's room to so I was reading some of your frequent, frequently asked questions. I love frequently asked questions section. And the yeah. one that, that stuck out to me the most is obviously like a, a lot of books are written for a specific audience, but yours, <laughs> who did you write this book for? It should be good for anyone who wants to read the Lord of the Rings. I think if you're, a lot of people have asked me if it's old, if it's good for their teenagers. And I mean, if your teenager is mature enough to read the Lord of the Rings, I think they'd be good for this. All right, so everybody that knows how to read yes. should go read this book. Teawithtolkien.com <laughs> slash book. Um, I want people to go get it. Go read it. Tolkien's awesome. You are awesome. How else do you want people to connect with you? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Teawithtolkien for both of those. Um, they can find my website, teawithtolkien.com, and there's a little contact form on there if they want to send me an email. Or I'm also on Facebook, also at Tiva Tolkien. Pretty much everywhere. All right, Queen Mother of Catholic Twitter. It was great having you on. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, we will be right back for our final segment of the day. I really enjoyed our conversation. That was really like the fir- that was really was the first time we ever talked outside of Twitter. One of the first things that I said to her when, when we, were, we were getting the getting her levels and making sure we were on the same page for everything, I was like, "This is this is weird." Like it's the first time we're actually ever speaking to each other, and I thought it went really well. Thanks again for coming on. All right, so I mentioned at the beginning of today's show that I am all alone here in the studio. Producer Sam is not in the studio with me today, which always leads for some interesting, interesting evenings. So I've done them before where I just tried to do all the content myself. I tried to have a conversation and uh, and do all the technical stuff, and it didn't really go very well. So I don't like doing it on my own. But uh, I found a way to make this a little bit fun for us. I really enjoyed the first segment. I don't know if y'all enjoyed it as much as I did, but, you know, throwing some shade and having some fun with my friends over at Roman Circus and my friends over at Clerical Pod uh, was, was a blast for me. So I want to keep 
the fun going here in the final segment with your help. So I have in front of me uh, tons of questions. Like this is the most response I've ever had to asking for help from the show. So first of all, thank you to all of you who uh, who chimed in. I'm going to get to as many of these questions as I possibly can. These are about faith. They're about the church. They're about completely random stuff. Some of the questions are just like just the questions themselves, 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 Them- themselves, themselves. Yeah. The questions that themselves that I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. I talked about it in the last segment. I need to do my vocal warm ups and I didn't do it. So again, we're blaming JP Quinn for this and a little bit of producer Sam. So the first question is from our friend from over at the MLA podcast, Ministry Leaders Anonymous, Mr. Christopher Leandro Bartlett. That's not his middle name. But Chris Bartlett asks, discuss what you should do when a vital part of your ministry is gone. And I was like, oh, that's a really good question. Then I realized that he was just poking fun of me, which is what most of you did. (laughs) Most of the people who responded were just messing with each other. There were a couple of arguments in the Twitter comments. Uh, It was a lot of fun. At one point in the asking of all of these questions, my buddy Sean McAfee, uh, he's, he's took a 20-minute break from social media to go right, and he came back and had 120 notifications in 20 minutes. It was an absolute blast. Uh, I realized that Chris was just messing with me because the vital part of my ministry that is gone is producer Sam. So, honestly, honest answer, though. I, I am going to give you a real answer to your question, though, because I think I accidentally did it today before I, I accidentally answered the question with what I did today. So, Discussing what I should do or any of us should do when a vital piece of our ministry is gone, I think we need to rely on our community. So like in our ministries at church, uh, if the youth minister is going to be gone or if the pastor is going to be gone, like our pastors here recently were all gone for like three or four days for their like yearly priest convocation, their yearly gathering. So what do we do in those situations? I think we rely on the community, which is like, I mean, for example, this show today, like I don't like being alone in the studio. And I knew that this vital part, like Sam, everybody loves how she like pokes back at me and, and, and talks on the air like that is missing today. So we had to do a few other things with the help of the community. We had to get some of our entertainment with the help of Nick Sharapa, who essentially produced the first segment for us by getting us those clips from the Flu and Clerically Speaking podcasts. And like this segment here is all questions from you guys. Like I was like, okay, I usually talk through the content with producer Sam. She makes, she breathes life into it. And essentially that's what you guys are doing today. So we got to... Got to. <laughs> we have to. Uh, Annie Fulkerson's going to get on to me for my grammar. Leave me alone, Mom. Okay. Uh, that's what we have to do. We have to rely on our community. Okay. Next question from my best friend over in Lake Jackson, Texas, Mr. Jacob Simpson, who I have to thank. He got me tickets this weekend to see John Christ, like one of my favorite comedians in the world. It was such a blast. Thanks, buddy. Also, thanks for submitting these questions. First of his two questions, what did one snowman say to the other snowman? I think the one snowman said, do you believe in reincarnation? Because I feel like I've been here before. The other one said, I'm Catholic. So, no, I don't believe in reincarnation, but I do believe in deja vu. 
because I definitely have felt this situation before. So my real my question back to you as the audience. What's the correlation between deja vu and reincarnation? Reincarnation, bad. Deja vu happens. Like I've had deja vu happen to me all the time. What is deja vu? Will we ever know? Not a question I'll be answering because I don't know the answer. His next question threw me for a loop. Do you know what lies in the shadow of the statue? My first answer was no. No, I don't. And then I was like, okay, there's got to be something deeper here. So I typed that into Google search. I definitely had to look it up. It's from Lost, the TV show Lost, which is both one of both of our favorite shows. I obviously had forgotten this part of it. He is a greater fan than I. The answer is, interestingly enough, the answer to this question, do you know what lies in the shadow of the statue, is the one who will save us all. I thought this was, this was interesting because a lot of people compared Lost to Purgatory, uh, the island to Purgatory, and then other people will argue, no, it wasn't Purgatory. I'm like, I don't know, bro. It's pretty close to Purgatory. Uh, but this answer is the one who will save us all. Now, obviously, like, so there's this guy on the island, and he's the protector of the island, the one fighting against darkness. So I, he's not exactly a Christ figure. But, I mean, there's a lot of similarities there. He's the one protecting everybody, and the answer is the one who will save us all. So I don't believe that this man on the island is going to actually save us all, but Jesus is, boom, Catholic connection to your dumb question. (laughs) I love you, Jacob. Okay, our buddy Sean McAfee over from uh, Italy has a couple of, uh, had had a pretty interesting question. That I think will uh, lead to some to some interesting answers uh, that may or may not uh, get me in trouble on Twitter with some of you, but here it is. I want to know if there was a Vatican III tomorrow, what the first three documents promulgated would be. So promulgated is a fancy word for published. Like, I don't know why we have to use promulgated. Somebody explained to me what promulgated, like why we as a church use that like fancy word. What is pro- well, what is the difference between promulgated and published? So here are my three. Number one, I would essentially have it be known that we would do, we would call it Gaudium et Spes Etero, which exactly translates to that last word, at least, Gaudium et Spes again. <laughs> this is a, a document like that. Those words mean joy and hope. But the document from Vatican II was called The Church in the Modern World. So what I would want tomorrow at Vatican III is the Church in the Modern World remix. Like, we have this document called Church in the Modern World that was 53 years ago. Now, truths stay the same. But if we're going to talk about the church in the modern world, a lot has changed in the last 53 years. So I think it's time for an update. The second one, this, this one's my serious answer. That, that one was silly. The next one's going to be silly. This is my serious answer. And, and, I, and I mean this uh, sincerely. Uh, it's one of those things that I have, I have struggled with. Uh, I want a definitive black and white document that tells us as lay people and tells religious, if the answer is different, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, what do we do 
about attendance, like when, when we are invited to weddings outside the church, whether it's divorce or other, like a Catholic marrying in a different church, uh, like gay weddings, like put quotes around it if you want to, like whatever we call that, like what do we as lay people do? Do I go? Do I not go? And I, this is one of those things that I have just, I've just asked this question for over two years now. And I've had good people argue on either side. Do I go? Do I not go? And like, I'm, I'm like right in the middle where like, I don't have this black and white answer or essentially what we have to do. And we don't have to do this often. Like the church speaks plainly on a lot of things, but there are some of these areas where it hasn't spoken definitively on like a practical issue, but it gives like the church gives us truths on that, that we have to pull from. We have to put all these things together to get to this one answer. And in this case, like it's one of those things that I have struggled with. Like, thankfully I haven't been invited to one in these two years where I don't have the answer. I haven't been put in that situation, but I'm still seeking that answer. And I would love for the church to do that. Got real, really quick back to silly Sean McAfee. Your third thing that I would want from Vatican III is essentially this segment on steroids with bishops, a question and answer from lay people, like where we could get, where we could approach the, the bishops. Like they often have representatives as at these councils at, uh, at their meetings together. So we just have like lay people from across all the nations and we would like, I don't know how we do it. We'd vote on like our top questions or whatever. And like, we'd have a representative from America with like our top three questions from the people. Like here's our Q and A and they would essentially have a document that is a Q and A segment from the people of God. It's essentially like the serious version of curious cat. So that's what I would want from those three. All right. We got time for a couple more. If I don't get the, if I didn't get to yours today, we have plenty more. Like y'all gave me so much content today. It was kind of funny because everybody's like, why are you tagging me in this? Why are we answering this? Blah, 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 blah. Twitter storm. Oh, well, like you all had fun. Like leave me alone. Um, <laughs> the, the, the irony is it gave me so much good content. Like we're going to be able to use this for quite some time. So uh, Sean's other question that is just so very important is what is the most effective weapon for any player, novice to ninja, professional gamer, on Fortnite? <laughs> so I was like, okay. This is kind of funny because there have been multiple people in the last couple of weeks since I started the at Forte Catholic Twitter, like the Twitter handle just for the show. And everybody's like, oh, is, is this Fortnite Catholic? It's like, no, like I know it's confusing because I play Fortnite, but this show is not called Fortnite Catholic. So most effective weapon for any player, novice to ninja, novice to, to, to pro, like ninjas is the most popular gamer in the world. He's very popular on Fortnite. He was just on the cover of, I think it was Sports Illustrated, uh, maybe ESPN Magazine, like one of those big ones, like he's a big deal. So I, I find myself somewhere between novice and pro. I, I'm insanely mediocre. So I think the best weapons for us starting off, like it's a, a good loadout. You know, we're probably not going to live long enough to uh, to get the, the, the blues maybe or the golds or the purples. But I don't know. I, I find like the blue shotguns, the blue, the blue shotguns and the blue assault rifles, like those are pretty good, like for the novices. Because like the shotguns, you, you know, you can get like one hit, maybe two 
and you can knock them down. Uh, the assault rifle, I mean, you can just miss all the time, <laughs> but as long as you hit a few, you're good to go. Uh, I couldn't answer for the pros, so I got Ninja's brother, Jonathan Blevins, at Bearded Blevins. I asked him. He said, in this order, gold, gold scar, the scoped assault rifle, gold heavy shotgun, gold heavy sniper, and then gold rockets. So there you go. That is your professional answer. So we've got time for just one more before we wrap it up. Our good friend and gaming friend, JJ Johnson asks, if you were on a desert island, ooh, good question. If you were on a desert island and could bring only one thing, what would it be and why is it me? Ah, you got me, buddy. I actually laughed pretty loud at that one. Good stuff. You guys are awesome. Hey, uh, this week, it's going to be a fun week for me. I am meeting a couple of my Catholic Twitter friends. I'm going to be hanging out with Zach Mabry on Thursday night. I'm going to be hanging out with Father Anthony, meeting both of them in person for the first time. Father Anthony on Monday morning. I'm traveling to Dallas to speak at the Dallas Ministry Conference this Friday. I'm traveling to Steubenville, Ohio to speak at their diocesan youth conference. This is going to be a fun weekend. Please keep me in your prayers. So I want to thank all of you guys for the questions that you submitted. We got through this show. Y'all are awesome. I love you all. Thank you to Tea with Tolkien for coming on today's show. Thank you all for listening. I love you. Everyone loves you. That's not true, but I do and God does. We'll be back next week. See ya! Hey, it's Taylor. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. You are awesome. If you want to listen to any of our past shows, you can always do that by searching Forte Catholic in your podcasting app, or you can go to ForteCatholic.com slash radio to find all the ways to listen. Peace.